to Commitment to Truth, the outreach ministry of Commitment Community Church, a place for all nations. To learn more about Commitment, please visit our website, www.commitmentchurch.org. Like us on Facebook and download our mobile app. Now, let's enjoy today's message. So we are finishing an exciting series um, that we've entitled for you, Big, Dreaming Big with God. As we just sang, nothing is impossible with God, right? So we're going to finish strong with this series today, and let's pray. Father, thank you, thank you so much that uh, nothing is impossible through you, uh, Jesus. Nothing's impossible for God. And we just pray that you would just continue to strengthen us and align our hearts with you, that we will really just truly be big dreamers individually, collectively for this church and for generations to come. For the gospel of Jesus Christ, for this region, God, for this uh, nation and the world. Now, God, you want to do things beyond what we ask, think, or even can imagine. So, Father, I pray that you would just uh, seal this in our hearts, God, as we uh, come to the conclusion of this series, Lord, that we will really get it in a way that our lives will be transformed for generations. Our church will be impacted. Churches will be impacted for generations to come. In your name I pray, amen. So I began this series by giving you two definitions of the word uh, dreams. Uh, the first came from just a standard dictionary, and the second one came from the urban dictionary. The word dreams means it's a cherished aspiration, ambition, or idea. Dreams, based upon the urban dictionary, it reads this. The thing your parents and teachers encouraged you when you were a kid, only for it to start getting crushed by life. The thing your parents and teachers encourage you when you're a kid, only for it to start getting crushed by life. Listen, I'm sure today that many of us can say that our, our aspirations, our ideas, our ambitions many times find their way being crushed under the feet of others and even under our own feet and just by life itself that it seems like, man, Everything that I thought, everything that I dreamt about, everything that I hoped, believed God for, pursued, it just didn't really work out uh, the way I planned. But I like to say this today, could it be that you have dreamed without God? Because what I've realized over the years is that when we become big dreamers and our dreams don't include God, chances are they are great ideas their great plans, great aspirations, but at the end of the day, uh, they have their shelf life. They're eventually going to run thin. They're eventually going to wear out. They're eventually going to collapse. At the end of the day, you still gain the whole world, lose your soul. Okay, we can work and will our way for anything, actually, especially if you have any decent skill sets. You can accomplish a lot of great things, but when you dream where God dreams, you can't think or imagine what he wants for you, what he wants for your children, what he wants for your children's children, what he wants for this church. And, and that's the hope that we should gravitate to is that, God, let's not minimize where your mind is about me. Let, let us not minimize where your mind is about my children and my children's children let, let, let me not minimize what, what you want to do in and through this church for generations to come. 
And just, so we're going to end this with this. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and 7 gave us, I like to say, seven outcomes when we dream big with God, when we dream big with God. Pastor Ken gave you the first four last week, so just a quick review. And, and Deuteronomy chapter 6, uh, verse 10, we realize that when we dream big with God, it will be given us. It will be given to us. When we dream big with God in a matter of time, it will be given to us. We found out also in verse 10, when we dream big with God, it will be great. It will be great. He says, listen, uh, Moses wrote in Deuteronomy, it says, he, God will give you great and splendid cities which you did not build. So it's going to be great. Thirdly, we found in verse 10, is that when we dream big with God, it cannot be built by you and me. Cannot be built by you and me. Cities that what? You did not build. And fourthly, you find out in verse 11, when we dream big with God, it can't, it cannot, emphatically, it cannot be sustained by us. Verse 11 talked about, it says, which you did not feel, which you did not plant. So God gave all these things which you did not build, which you did not plant, which you did not cultivate. And that's the beauty of when God is in this thing. Man, you're really just going along for the ride. You're just buckling up by faith. You're buckling up with faithfulness with God. And then God becomes God and begins to do things that you can never think or imagine. And please underscore this. Do not measure what God has already done in your life based upon who you were. That minimizes what God thinks of you. Do not measure what God has done in your life based upon everyone else around you. Because that minimizes what God desires to do in your life. Eyes have not seen no ears have heard. No one can imagine what God wants to do in Commitment Community Church, which includes each person in this room and beyond. What God wants to do through us and beyond. So think about this for a minute before I give you the last three points. Let your mind and your imagination just run away with you right now. Just think of something wacky out there. As far as you can think, about what God could do in you, through you, in this church, through this church. Multiply that exponentially. That's where God's mind is. Our, our capacity is so minimal that we cannot wrap our hearts and heads around what God truly wants for us. Don't sell God short. Don't sell God short. Don't sell God short. Don't measure it based upon the context of your family, the context of your past, the context of your failures. Don't measure it based upon your yesterdays. Don't, make, don't measure it based upon anything but what God thinks of you. When we dream big with God, we find in chapter 7, our final three points. Let's begin to read verses 1 through 
8, and then I'll give you our, our fifth point. It says, when the Lord your God brings you in the land where you are entering to possess it, remember the context is the children of Israel are about to possess the land that was promised to them for so many years. It says, and clears away many nations before you, the Hittites, the Girgashites, and the Amorites, and the Canaanites, and the Parasites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and stronger than you. And when the Lord your God delivers them before you and you defeat them, then you shall utterly destroy them. You should make no covenant with them and show no favor to them. Now, understand the application in this. So these Hittites and Jebusites and Gergesites and Canaanites, these seven nations are similar to this in two scenarios. One, people just like they were people, situations, okay? And thirdly, which is most, impor most important, sin. When God delivers you, you got to start disassociating yourself from it. It says in verse 2, And when the Lord your God delivers them before you, listen to what it says again, defeats them, you should utterly destroy them, not people. <laughs> Leave that to God, but sin. You should make no covenant with them and show no favor to them. Verse 3, let's continue to read. Th furthermore, you should not intermarry with them. Does it mean that you should not have interracial marriages? No, it just means in our context, if you marry a non-believer, listen, marriage is tough enough just for the record. But if you marry someone who's not equally yoked to you, 1 Corinthians talks about this, someone who doesn't believe about God, Christ, as you, you're going to have a hard way to go. And chances are, it's always easier to pull someone down than it is to bring someone up. Okay, so the warning. Don't intermarry, it says. Uh, you should not give your daughters to their sons, nor shall you take their daughters for your sons. Why? Verse 4. For they will turn your sons away from following me to serve other gods. Small g's. Then the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you, and he will quickly destroy you. But thus you should do to them. You should tear down their altars, smash, uh, uh, smash their sacred pillars, hew down their ashrams, burn their graven images, which again, terminates sin. Terminate sin in any association with sin, any remembrance of sin, any resemblance of sin. Verse 6, for you are a what? A holy people to the Lord your God, a called out, a separate people. He says, the Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his own possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. Listen to verse 7. This is our first point, verse 7 and 8. The Lord did not set his love on you, nor choose you because you were more in number than any other people, for you were the fewest of the people. But because the Lord loves you and kept the oath which he swore to your forefathers, the Lord brought you out by mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. When we dream big with God, you can rest assured he will always affirm his love. 
Listen, why does a dad, why does a mom do something special for their children? Just because? No, it's because you love them. God will do big things in your life. You know why? Not because you're a great number of people. You're a great class of people. You're this great person. Because if we pull back the veil of all of our hearts, we're all desperately wicked. It's because he loves us. He loves you enough to do big things in your life. That you don't have to earn it. That he loves you enough to say, here. Here. But again, don't get it twisted, folks, because the crumbs that falls from the master's table is always better than anything that we could do it ourselves. But I believe in this series, I want you to get that God wants you to go from being underneath the table grabbing the crumbs to having a seat at the table. This word love means it's to delight, to be fond of. It is used to describe the close attachment between parents and children. Abba, Father, Abba, Father loves you, and he wants to bless you. You see, dreaming big with God is all about his love for us, but not only love for us, but his love for all mankind. And that's also important to understand. It doesn't just stop with you, but dreaming big with God will always express his love through us to others. He will bless you to be a blessing to other people. Not merely just so it can stop at your doorstep and, and your needs and, and your uh, expectations and desires of God. No. Again, that's a shallow way of thinking about God, the greatness of God. God blesses you so you can bless others. No matter if it's one talent. Remember we talked about this the first time? The first part? No matter if it's one talent. He still wants you to take that, invest it so you could be a blessing to others. It's about the gospel. Dreaming big with God affirms, listen, please grab this and hold on to it. It affirms the Father's love for you. And I will say this to you today, folks, that there's some of you who need to be affirmed by the, by the Father's love. And some of you have not seen the bigness of God, therefore you struggle with what? His love for you. We're going to get into, when we close out, how do we make sure we're seeing these big things with God in our lives? When we dream big with God, it always affirms God's love for us. Number six, verses 9 through 11, it says this, Know, therefore, that the Lord your God, He is God the faithful God who keeps his covenant and his loving kindness to a thousandth generation with whom who love with, with those who love him and keep his commandments, but repays those who hate him to their faces to destroy them. He will not delay with him who hates him. He will repay him to his face. Here's the, here's the deal. When we dream big with God, it also expresses God's faithfulness. God's faithful. Listen, 
It says, He is God, the faithful God. So you can say this, is that when he says he is God, it means that he is faithful. The attribute of God is he is faithful. Let's dig deeper. The word faithful means is to be reliable. He is reliable because he is God. Underscore that. He's reliable because he is God. Not because there's this other formula that God needs or we need to conjure up with God or God needs to conjure up for us for him to be faithful. No, he is faithful because he is That's why you read passages such as this that communicates his faithfulness in Numbers 23, verse 19. It says this, God is not a man that he shall lie, nor a son of man that he shall repent. Has he not said? Has he not said it? Will he not do it? Has he not spoken it? Will he not make it good? If God said it, it's done. If he's spoken it, it's going to be done. And as Pastor Ken shared with you last week about the importance of the scriptures, because it's, 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 God is the word, the word is God, and, and what is written in his word is written in his heart, and it's his character. It communicates his faithfulness. And if it's written, so it shall be done. Then in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24, listen to what it says. It says, faithful is he, meaning God, who calls you, and he also will bring it to pass. Then lastly, in 2 Chronicles 16, 9, it says this, For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth, that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. Listen, here's the deal. Dreaming big with God will always communicate God's faithfulness to the faithful hearted. Dreaming big with God will always communicate God's faithfulness to the faithful hearted. You cannot expect God to do great and mighty and awesome, unpredictable, unimaginable, incomprehensible things in your life without you being faithful to him. Without you being all in with him at heart just doesn't work that way just doesn't work that way can you, can you just minimize it to a relationship you have on this earth that if you knew someone, someone, wasn't, someone wasn't all in in their relationship with you would you be all in with them let's be real we wouldn't we wouldn't. That's when conflict begins to happen. That's when conflict begins to happen in marriage. Well, you didn't do this. Well, you said this. Well, I didn't do this. Whoa. That's what happens when you parents and children. You know, a parent would just pour their lives and, and everything they into the child, then the child grows up and be rebellious and says, pretty much communicating, well, mom, dad, I'm not all in. I really don't believe everything like you think I should. Then conflict then what does a parent do? Immediately, shuts the supply down. <laughs> Give you the car keys. <laughs> you 
Yeah, put the cell phone in your own name, right? You need to find your own house, right? Shoo. But we expect God to keep saying, okay, 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 just keep giving me the cell phone, God. Just keep giving me all the resources, God. Keep, keep giving me all the wonderful, big, and glorious things. Just continue to wow me, God, and my heart's not all the way in. It just doesn't add up. When we dream big with God, it would affirm his love. It would express his faithfulness. And the uh, seventh and final point I give you until I bring it to close is found in verses 12 through uh, 14, Deuteronomy chapter 7. It says, then it should come about because you listen to these judgments and keep and do them that the Lord your God will keep with you his covenant and his loving kindness which he swore to your forefathers. He will love you and bless you and multiply you. He will also bless the fruit of your wounds, the fruit of your ground, your grain, your new wine, your oil, the increase of your herd, and the, the young of your flock and land, which he swore to your forefathers. You shall be blessed above all peoples. There will be no male or female bearing among you or among your cattle. That touches everything that concerns us. From the woman who wants to have a child to the man who wants to provide for his family. To the next generation after generation, everything it touches. And that's why when we dream big with God, it will always confirm your obedience. Listen to what it says. Because you listen. <laughs> I could give you all these promises. I could say, sons and daughters, these are all the wonderful things I want to do. But if you do not listen, the word listen means, it's a verb that means to hear with attention or simply obedience. Luke chapter 11, verse 28, promises that dreaming big and obedience is inseparable. Inseparable. You can't dream big and be disobedient. You can't dream big and not be submissive. You can't dream big and say, I'm not going to follow the rules. You can't dream big and say, I'm not going to submit to authority. You can't dream big and then usurp God's authority and the authority he places in your life. How do I know this? Luke chapter 11, verse 28 says this. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and observe and obey it. You want to be blessed? Obey. Colossians chapter 3, verse 22 suggests obeying earthly authority accounts. See, so many times we get so religious that we think, that no, oh, I'm obeying God, but I disobey man. You disobey man, you disobey God. That's why it says this again in Colossians 3.22. It says, slaves, servants, employees, in all things obey those who are your masters or your employers on earth. 
So many times people want God to do big things on their job, big, big things in their career, but they don't obey the people that God has assigned over them. God, I want my career. I want more money. I want this. I want that. Give me this. Give me that. You know, and we have all these litany of dreams. And listen, again, remember, understand this. You can dream something right now about your career, but God has something bigger for you. Hate to bust the bubble. You could, listen, you could have big dreams about retirement, but you know what? His dreams for you are bigger than that. You could just be dreaming, you know what? I just want to be able to go on a vacation whenever I want, you know, and just kind of chill and not work anymore. But God could say, no, 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 you don't understand. I will give you that and more. But you can't detach, detach obedience and say, okay, no, I'll obey you. But then think about this. Then the person that God has placed over you to bless you, you rebel against them. That's why the scriptures thematically in Romans and other places say that uh, you then rebelled against God because he is the one who's placed them over you. Good or not. Like them or not. Good to you or not. Fair or not. He still placed them over you if you believe God is sovereign. Slaves and all things, obey those who are your masters on earth. Listen to what it says. This is so cool. God is so awesome. He says, not with external service as those merely please men. Not just going through the motions, just coming to pay, collect a paycheck. You know, I'm just going, just, you know, just collect my paycheck. But your heart's detached. Do you really think God's going to bless you? Because I guarantee you this is what happens to everybody. How do I know? Because it's done it to me. <sighs> is that you do become discontent here, then you go over here. Then you know what happens? Cycle repeats itself. Because the common, not, the common denominator is who? Me. It's not the way God works. Where you are, that's your one talent. That's your one talent. That's your one talent. If not, some of you realize this, some of you experience that, then you even lose that. Not with external service as those who merely please men. Listen to what it says. Colossians 2, 3, 22 but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Didn't say fearing your boss. Didn't say fearing the person who is over you on earth. He says, but fearing the Lord. Then finally, in James chapter 1, verse 25, it clearly confirms the importance of obedience, and it says this, but one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides in it, not having become a forgiver hearer, but effectual doer of the word of God, right? This man, our woman, will be blessed in what he does. 
So think about this. If I'm not blessed, chances are I haven't fully obeyed. If I believe God loves me, if I believe God's faithful, you got to always take inventory that if I'm not being blessed contextually in my life with what I need, because he says God will supply what? But yet he says to you that he says you can ask whatever you will and it'll be what? But then he also says that I want you to prosper and be in health either, even as you're what? So I can't prosper without my soul being prosperous, and my soul cannot prosper without being what? Obedient in all things. So you have to backtrack and say, if there is not a breakthrough in my life, what is wrong with me? If my needs are not met, and I believe God is faithful, and I believe God loves me, what is wrong with me that I'm not seeing the big things in my life? What's wrong with me, God? What in me needs to be fixed? What in me needs to be altered to receive your very best? and beyond for generations to come. Dreaming big with God is simply obeying God. And that's why I want to end with this. Two questions. One, why do we have to wait? Sometimes for some people so long for our dreams. Ever wonder that? Some of you right now are probably waiting and waiting and waiting and wondering, God, when? God, so when is it going to happen? Why, God? Well, turn with me. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2. It will only take one verse to communicate. Remember, they're in the wilderness. They're trying to get into the promised land, right? So what would you be thinking? <laughs> well, God, you promised, you promised, you promised, you promised. Right? Sounds familiar, right? Right? So verse 2, you should remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these 40 years. Why? That he might humble you, testing you to know what is in your heart, whether you will keep his commandments or not. See, here's the deal. God has never given you and me anything that will cause you to break his commandments. He will never fill a dream. He will never give you anything more than you have if it's going to cause you to reject him. And he has to find that out before he gives it to you. And so many of you today are not receiving from him because you just won't humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Your heart's divided, and he just can't give it to you. 
because he knows eventually if I give it, you're going to reject me. If I give it, you're going to serve it more than me. If I give it to you, give it to, give even him, her to you, you're going to love it, him, her more than me. And some of you know what I'm talking about. Because some of you today got some of your big dreams. Of like, God, give me a husband. Gave you the husband. You start loving the husband more than the one who gave you the husband. God, give me the wife. Give me the wife. Give me the wife. Give me the wife. Then you become distracted and start loving the wife more than you love the one who gave you the wife. Give me children. Give me children. Give me children. And then those wonderful blessings become more important than him. Give me that job. Give me that job. Give me that job. Then the job becomes, give me more money, then that's not enough. So you need another year in the wilderness. Because I need to make sure your heart is ready. God doesn't play games. His yes is yes. His no is no. Has he not said it? Will he not make it good? That's what he promises. But why isn't he making it good? Is it because he's a liar? No, he loves me. He's faithful. So it has to be me. Church, you got to be quick to say, God, why is it me? Why is it me? Or what about me? What about me, God, that's causing me to just circle Mount Sinai and just circle and understand the, the theological significance of this. They just weren't roaming in the wilderness. They were circling the mountain of God. Almost like saying, Can you, I'm just going to make you go around and around so you one day you will choose to do what? Look up. When are you going to start looking up? Humility and your heart. Second question I went in with. Let's say that you're there and you focus and you get it. Or then one day you will be there and you'll be focused and you get it. How do you keep your focus? Let's return back to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 12 through 19. Remember, he, all these promises, he was saying, you know, tell your children to obey these promises, be diligent to talk to your children as they walk, as they sleep, as they rise up, as they sit down, write them on your front or your forehead, put them over your doorposts. In other words, don't forget to obey me. And as I take you into this land and bless you, right, how do you remain focused? Verse 12. Then watch yourselves that you do not forget the Lord who brought you from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery. You should fear only the Lord your God, and you should worship him and swear by his name. You should not follow other gods, any other gods of the people surrounding you. For the Lord your God in the midst of you is a jealous God, 
Otherwise, the anger of the Lord your God will be kindled against you, and he will wipe you off the face of the earth. You should not put the Lord your God to the test as you tested him at Massa. You should diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies and his statutes and he shall, and at, at which he has commanded you. You should do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with you, and that you may go in and possess the good land which the Lord swore to give your fathers by driving out all your enemies from before you as the Lord has spoken. Two things to kind of keep you focused. The first is this. Watch yourself. Watch yourself that you don't forget. All you need to be off is one degree. And you don't even know you're off. Watch yourself. Secondly, worship him alone. When you watch yourself, be diligent to keep his commands. Do right and good and drive out sin. When you worship him, don't try out the world. The people and the gods around you, don't try it out. Don't test it out. And don't test God. You see, when you worship God, you realize there's nothing else around me that can come close to you. When you worship God, you realize, you know what, God? Uh, there's nothing else I need but you. If you haven't settled that in your hearts, chances are you're struggling with worshiping small G's. God, there's nothing else that satisfies me but you. Because remember, worship is more than just singing songs. Really, singing songs is but the climax of worship. It's just you come in at the, if you want to call it the end of the week or the beginning of the week, and you just kind of climatically saying, I get it, and I'm expressing it externally because I'm worshiping you on the inside. I'm satisfied with you. And I need nothing else, no one else. Today, I don't know where you are with your dreams, but I know where I am. And I want God to do things that I can never think or imagine, things that, listen, that Cedric David Brown can never take credit for. That no one can say, oh, look what he did. To me, that's dreaming big. That's when you say, God, do the impossible. God, do the unthinkable. And can I just go along for the ride? God, use me in a way that would turn this world upside down.
do something through me. Let me be a part, be a part of something that eyes have not seen or ears have heard that entered into the thoughts of man throughout all generations. This is where my heart is. There's been a legacy of, of ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ, influencers of the church for many decades. But in my humble opinion, there's a group, or there's a, a block of, if you would, of years that it seems that the influences of the church are the men and women who can turn this world upside down or kind of like miss it. You know, you, you, can, you, can, you can read novels and books about men and women of the 1600s, 1700s, 1800s, maybe even early 1900s. But it seems like there's a season that it's like, well, who are the people in 2100 are going to be reading about that turn the world upside down? Why can't they be reading about us? That God handpicked these folks here on this corner to turn the world upside down. Why can't your grandchildren or great-grandchildren be right reading about grandmom or grand grandpop about the great deeds that God has done through you? can it be? That's who my heart is. Why not me? Why not now? Why not us? Why delay, God? Why put it off to the next generation? Why pass it on to another church, another group of people? Why not me? Why not now? Why not us? Do you hear me? My prayer for you is that your heart will catch up with mine. Is that you'll begin to see more than just what you see with your physical eyes. You'll hear more than what you hear with the ears. As we just sang, you believe more than what you feel on the inside. Because your feelings must sometimes lead you the wrong way. But you take God for his word. And if he says in the book of Acts that these uneducated, uninformed men who just love God with all their heart, and women who love God with all their heart, turn the known world upside down. Why can't we? Why can't we? Why can't we? Let's pray. Could you uh, stand to your feet, please? And if you could just um, turn to someone next to you, in front of you, behind you, and just kind of pray for each other. Pray for each other that, that God would help you dream with him, that he will help you obey him.
and that there will be nothing hindering, nothing hindering you from receiving God's very best. that God will use you, use us as a church to again turn the world upside down with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That we stay true to the word of God and the word of God's transformational power will change generations to come. Pray that God will move now, even move in your family members' lives. If there's loved ones, believe that God wants to do that big thing in their lives, to deliver them, heal them, to, to restore them, to bring them back to himself, to introduce them to himself. Thank you for listening to Commitment to Truth, the outreach ministry of Commitment Community Church. If you would like to learn more about Jesus Christ, please visit our website, www.commitmentchurch.org forward slash start. This website will walk you through having a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Please let us know if you made a decision to follow Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, or if you would like to support God's word through this ministry, please visit our website at www.commitmentchurch.org. Lastly, if you or your family are in the South Jersey or Philly metro area, please visit us at Commitment Community Church.